for one team, it is rolling towards the end of a disappointing season. For another, it's going to be the start of what could be an interesting season. On today's show, we are ha- we have a jam-packed show previewing BC basketball against Detroit Mercy and looking at the football team. I know some of you don't want to hear about it, but we're going to get into it again here on Locked On BC. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I'm your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. So as I said earlier, packed show today. We have a busy weekend of BC sports. We're in that that sweet spot where there's football, there's basketball, there's hockey. We're going to get into football and basketball on today's show. But as always, it's Friday, and to prepare ourselves for a big weekend matchup, we have Mitch Wolf. Mitch, how's it going? I'm doing well. You know, as you were pre- previewing the show or getting it started, I was, as I've said before, I think in the parlance of memes. So as you were saying about how people want to move on to basketball season, I immediately thought of the meme I sent you last night where it's Walter White talking to Saul Goodman saying, we're done when I say we're done. And the gif of Randy Marsh being bloodied up saying, I ain't here, no bell. And that's my attitude on this BC football season, that it's not over until it's over. <laughs> right. And you know what? As, as as depressing as this season is, and my gosh, it's been depressing. We're gonna get into the middle of May, and we're gonna be we're gonna be craving college football again. You know, mm-hmm. you know it's gonna happen. It's it's like it's just part of that cyclical uh, part of the year where like, you know, you get into the meat of the season. If it's a disappointing BC year, you just get depressed about it, and then you you crave it to return again. And and you it's 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 almost like self flagellation here, but it, that's just I guess that's the that's the world of being a college football fan or writer. Bad football is better than no football any day of the week. Exactly. So let's talk about bad football. Uh, (laughs) Here's a segue for you. Uh, All right. So BC and NC State. This is going to be a very different style of game. I had Kenton Gibbs on, a former NC State uh, defensive tackle, who uh, talked a lot about NC State. And um, when I talk to him, I, I, I always, I have this tendency to always go for the quarterback, like talking at the quarterback and, you know, he, 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 I love Kenton because he always puts me in my place whenever we're talking. He said, AJ, we're going to be talking about the defense here. And Mitch, I think this is possibly next to Clemson, possibly even better than Clemson. Cause I think they're playing at a better level right now. The best defense BC's played all year. Yeah. Clemson's defense has more star power, especially up front, but in terms of as a cohesive unit from top to bottom, I would ag- agree with that statement. I mean, in my, uh, three keys to victory. You know, I talked about some of NC state's defensive stats, how they're just solid at defending everything. There really aren't any weak points. Uh, you know, they're a top, they're one of the best teams in terms of scoring defense, passing, rushing EPA, uh, turning teams. Uh, ter- they're, they're not that good at sacks, which is good for BC, but you know, everything else, they're just really solid across the board. So, you know, in the last few weeks, you know, we'd be able to say, Oh, like, you know, uh, what was the team? Uh, Duke has bad against the, bad against the pass and you know louisville's bad against the run whatever this team doesn't really have that one weak point where bc can 
you know, at least poke at, and maybe they can find some something there. So this is going to be a really tough test for an offense that, like we said, you know, they performed well last week, but it was against a questionable defense. This week they're coming up against, again, like you said, one of the best defenses in the conference. Yeah, and uh, as I almost called him Tony Elliott, but uh, Jeff Halfley, and I'm not, I didn't mean Jeff Halfley. He he talked about Tony Gibson, their defensive coordinator said he's the one of the most underrated defensive coordinators in the country. And and the stats show it because um when you you know you look at what happened to BC last year, right? They go out there, they lose Dracovic, the season falls apart. NC State has so much talent on their roster that they go out there and they lose preseason all ACC player of the year, Devin Larry, and they still have a ta- they have a potential to still steal the ACC Atlantic. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, even I was a doubter of NC State, especially once Devin Leary went down. I thought they were overrated before that. Um, I thought they were going to come crashing back to earth once that injury happened. You know, they had a they squeaked by Virginia Tech uh, a few weeks ago, and then last week they came out, shocked the world, and pretty soundly beat a you know a Wake Forest team that's going through a weird phase right now where they're just looking really bad and can't really figure things out. So. I mean, yeah, all all props to them, and like you said, this defense is playing extremely well. Uh, they're you know they're figuring it out on offense. You know, they still scored thirty points last week, so they're doing well there. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of how BC stops NC State's offense, you know, it's as I wrote in the three keys to victory. It's all about Thayer Thomas, who's uh, you know, if my memory serves me correctly, has been a thorn in BC's side when they yep. played NC State's last few years. You know, New England fans in New England are obviously going to make the comparison between him and the many talented Patriots diminutive white slot wide receivers of, of old. And I mean, he's that kind of player, you know, and he is a major factor in sensitive offense, you know, especially since they had to switch quarterbacks due to injury. He's become an even more focal part of the offense. Uh, they're attacking the middle of the field very, very frequently. Um, there actually have been more vertical attacking than, when Devin Leary was a quarterback, they're throwing the ball downfield a little more, which is interesting. Uh, so, you know, BC is going to need to kind of switch up their defense from last week where they were facing a quarterback who, you know, was pretty much all short, quick out to the flats and stuff. Whereas this now it's going to be vertical intermediate, uh, mostly in the middle of the field that he, you know, they throw the ball deep down the field a decent bit, but uh, MJ Morris is not that talented at that. At least his completion percentage indicates that I think he's only completely like a quarter of his downfield throws. Uh, deeper than 20 yards so you know i think bc's bc's defense could you know make this game a little close if they you know play that play this uh this other team well if josh DeBerry has a good game against Thayer thomas but i just don't really know how bc's offense is going to be able to make any hay against the wolfpack's defense so yeah let's talk about that i i think i i'm a little one thing i'm really worried about is the perception of Evan moorhead because you know as we said to start this off you you left the Duke game and everyone and I got texts from my dad and the other BC fans are like, wow, that freshman kick is they don't know the difference between redshirt and, and regular freshman. <laughs> so it's fine. He threw for 350 yards and four touchdowns and zero interceptions. Wow, BC's got something here. And I'm like, hold on, take a breath here. This is Duke. Duke's, as we said, their defense is, is pretty poor. What is like a what do you think would be a reasonable outcome for a, a, a reasonable measure of success for for Moorhead in a game like this where he's going to face a defense he he hasn't played before and honestly I gotta say I'm a little worried that, you know that this this offensive line one of the big things they've struggled against is 
you know, stunts and, and overloads that th- he's going to get killed. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, this it that is a really interesting matchup because, you know, NC state does not blitz a lot. They only blitz on, Oh, sorry. They, it's, it's a lot of three man rushes. They only rush three 48% of their defensive snaps and then they blitz on 32%. So it's kind of an all or nothing approach. That's the, that's the second highest rate of three man rushes on defense and the 33rd highest rate of blitzes. But when they do blitz, they're very effective. They have a, they only allow 31% positive plays when they blitz. That's the sixth best rank of the country. So, and when you do have these three man fronts, like you saw with Louisville, you're going to see a lot of creative ways to try to bring other players when you do blitz. So, you know, BC's offense line had a really good game last week against a pretty traditional four-man front. This week, you're going to see it be a lot different where they're going to have to figure stuff out. And l- again, luckily, it is the same group on back-to-back. Hopefully, hopefully there aren't any random injuries that pop up, you know, but, you know, the angel of death, Pete Thamel, is always waiting for us there. Yeah. So you could, if if the same five guys play, you know, they are finally going to be playing back-to-back games where they've all played together. So that is encouraging. But I think for Moorhead in terms of what could be a good game for him is just don't make any killer mistakes. And I mean, I think in the Duke game, you could, I would argue that, you know, some of the, his lack of aggressiveness down the stretch, you know, prevented BC from winning that game. I think if he had been a little more aggressive, at least they could have maybe had some big plays that allowed them to even come back and beat Duke. So, you know, this week you don't want him to be that, uh, that aggressive because it will most likely lead to turnovers. So I mean, you're hoping for, you're probably not going to see, you know, 300 yards and four touchdowns, but you're hoping for 200 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions. I am at, and no, no fumbles, obviously. I imagine though, that there will probably be at least one turnover against this defense. All right. In a moment, Mitch and I are going to get into the, um, our predictions for this game. And then finally, in the final segment, we'll get into BC versus, well, I'll get into BC versus Detroit Mercy. But this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season. Hope you're going to check out Underdog Fantasy because they've got some really, really good, um, odds this weekend. Basically, all you need to do is pick two to five players across any team not just the Eagles, and decide if they will finish higher or lower than the stats that they provide. You can bet, and you can make your decisions. Like last week, they had Riley Leonard higher than 50 and a half rushing yards against Boston College. You would have had that one on the first drive of that game. And it's so easy to play. It's so much fun, and it's available in 30 states. Again, it's one of the easiest fantasy games to play out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. So sign up with promo code locked on one word and underdog will double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. Again, deposit $100 and get a hundred dollars free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the underdog fantasy app in the app store or Google play store. Again, that's underdog fantasy promo code locked on and get in on that college foot foot fo- college football pick them action today. All right. We're back here. Locked on BC. We're here with Mitch Wolf. And we are talking about this weekend's game against NC State. And I promise you, if you were here listening for basketball talk, I know many of you are out there. We will get to that in just a moment. But before we get back to our predictions for this game, I want to remind you that if you've not done so already, subscribe to our Locked on BC YouTube channel. It's the easiest way to support our podcast. I'm telling you, even if you don't want to watch it on YouTube, it makes a tremendous difference. It helps us in the 
that algorithm that YouTube has. It will help us get to get some really cool stuff when we get closer to a thousand. So if you're out there, you have not subscribed yet, hit that subscribe button. Now, if you've got multiple accounts, hit them on all of them. It doesn't matter. It's free. It takes 10, 10 seconds to do, and it makes a huge difference for our podcast. So please go to Locked On BC on YouTube. All right. Now this is a seven. It was seventeen and a half points. I think it's already up to nineteen and a half, Mitch. It's I've got I've got eighteen, so it hasn't gone up as much. Okay, I was on with Kenton last night. And I think we had it at nineteen, but that's okay. But anyways, it's still a lot. Um, now looking at this game, BC hasn't won against a ranked opponent, and I think every BC fan can probably recite this by by heart since two thousand fourteen against USC. Is this going to be the week that that changes? Nope. <laughs> like I said, NC State really doesn't have that weak spot on defense that Bcilia will attack. You know, for all their, for all the pl- a lot, lot we gave them last week in terms of having Morehead and the offensive line, it's they've still it's still a redshirt freshman quarterback making his second start, his first on the road. You've got an offensive line that has been in battle this whole season against a veteran defense that has three linebackers that'll be playing on the in the NFL. Uh, Probably some most some of those defensive linemen will be as well, and their secondary is very experienced, very uh, experienced playing together. So you have that chemistry in the, on the back end, which is really important. So you know, like you said, or like I said, BC is uh, eighteen point underdogs, over under forty one. So you're looking at about like a thirty to twelve ish projected score. I mean, I, that's that seems right on, honestly. Man. I think NC State will probably get into the probably 31 points for NC State, and I'll say you know maybe 13 for BC. So I would say the over here because maybe BC's offense gets some stuff going garbage time. Yep. But I'm not optimistic that they're able to cover because you know, like I said, the offense is probably going to come crashing back down to earth against a better defense. And I think maybe BC's defense, you know, even though they were pretty rough last week and they're dealing with some increasing amount of injuries in the secondary maybe they can get some stops early on and you know drag the game out a little bit but i think at the end of the day nc state's offense is just gonna be too much too for bc's defense to stop i i think so too and i thought you brought up the great name earlier thayer thomas he just he strikes me as the kind of guy that's gonna have some back-breaking plays against mm-hmm. bc and i said on yesterday's show when i talked to kenton uh, another thing that I feel like will be a major factor in this game and has been a major boneheaded move, it, it seemingly every game is special teams. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, is, I would definitely agree. It seems like every game there's a new way the special teams figures out how to screw up the stuff. And as we mentioned in the Duke game, it was the, the holding calls on, on kick returns. Mm-hmm. Like just constantly these mistakes happening over and over again. I don't know what it'll be, whether it's bad punts, you know, kick return touchdowns. We saw block punts against NC state last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a backbreaking play. Um, I think that's going to be a major factor. And so I'm going to stick with my prediction I had on yesterday's show, which was 31 10. Um, but I want to play a fun game as well while we're talking, Mitch, and I'm not going to ask you because you were, we already talked about this on text. Um, I, I was having fun on pro football focus and I wanted to look at the offensive uh, offensive uh, line. And I was looking at different uh, season uh, grades and season stats. And I wanted to see uh, rush pass rushes and sacks. And our friend, Jack Conley, who's had a tough season and I'm not here to pile on. I he's seventh in the country in pass rushes allowed. And I pressure, want pressures to, allowed uh, pr- pressures allowed. Sorry. Pressures allowed. 
I want you who are listening out there to hit the comment section and guess how many pass uh, pressures he's allowed this season. I'll tell you this. He's only, according to this, he's only allowed three sacks, which doesn't (laughs) seem right. But I guess getting smashed by a a defensive lineman doesn't matter. Um, So throw it in the comment section. Tell me how many you think he has. If you get it right and you haven't cheated and looked at pro football focus, I'll shout you out on Monday's episode. Um, so Mitch, any other last thoughts about this game? Anything, anything that stands out to you or, or it's something you want to talk about really quickly before you head out. So we are approaching, uh, the Zay flowers record breaking game. I think he's luckily he's up on the screen right now, but he, this is the game where he can probably eclipse most, if not all of BC's career receiving records. I believe he needs 10 catches, 31 yards, and he doesn't need three touchdowns. Maybe not that one, but and 10 catches or nine or 10 catches is a lot in one game, especially with Emmett Moore at a quarterback. So, but I think yards, as long as he doesn't have another UConn game is in the bag. So, you know, that'll be good to see him break those records and hopefully he can have a big game. And I mean, obviously if BC wants to have any hope of winning, he's going to need to have a big game. Uh, luckily, I mean, at least one of NC state's cornerbacks is, I think it's uh, I think it's Derek Pitts. Um, he's a little worse than the other guy. I can't remember their guy's name off the top of my head, uh, but you know, ideally they can get him matched up on pits a little more so he can have a better day as he, as we approach the end of his BC career and hopefully he can get some of those records. It's a, uh, yeah, it is Derek Pitts. This is the guy. So he has his P his PFF grade for coverage is 54.6. He's committed six penalties this year. So ideally BC can get uh, him on uh, Zay flowers and flowers can have a big game. Well, we're going to be hoping for that. And uh, Mitch, Mitch will be covering for Eagle Insider on Saturday as I'm going to spend. Yeah, I know a lot of fans have been taking some time off. I need some time off. So I'm going to be watching. I'll probably watch some of the game, but I will also be spending time with my family. You made a call and, to the bullpen. <laughs> yeah, I need to make a call to the bullpen because uh, good old AJ needs a break. <laughs> I'm watching this team. So thank you for you'll get Mitch's coverage on that. Uh, Mitch, where can people find your work? You can find me at Mitchell T Wolf W O L F E on Twitter. Uh, I think I'm really close to 700 followers. So if you're listening to the podcast, I think I need like eight, seven or eight followers to get up there. So if you're listening, and haven't followed me yet. I would really appreciate it if you did so. Um, and if, if you like, if, if you are a new follow, you know, you can tweet something mean at me or, you know, criticize one of my takes. And if it's funny or insightful, maybe I'll engage with you. Yeah. And, and I, as I said in the banner below, that's all pending that Twitter still exists. In the True. <laughs> but that's just a joke. I, I think it'll be fine. But all right. In a moment. Thank you, Mitch. Uh, we will be talking about I will be talking about the Detroit Mercy game, uh, a, a school that I don't think many people know much about. But we'll get into this game and what BC basketball needs to do in order to have a big win in game number two. But first of all, Let's get into our friends over at Simply Safe. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. I love Simply Safe because it has advanced technology, whether it's controlling your system from your phone with the app or watching the crystal clear HD live stream of your security cams with wide varieties of high tech sensors. It's, it's something else. It's something you will never find with another company. So head on over to simplysafe.com. They are the best. 
And in emergencies, two 24-7 professional monitoring agents use fast te protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash you slash Boston call. I uh, saw sorry. Simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right. This is locked on BC AJ Black here. And we're at the point where I know a lot of you wanted us to get to, which is talking a little bit of basketball here because BC has their second game of the season, second of this week, where they play Detroit Mercy, a team I don't know. I don't think many folks know much about, and I don't blame you if you don't, because this is the first time that BC has ever played Detroit Mercy. Okay. They are a, just so you knew, I had no clue that they were a, they're a Jesuit institution, which is a, a surprise. Um, and actually, no, oh, so sorry. This is not their first time. BC is two and four all time uh, playing against Detroit Mercy. They played all the way back to 1958. Last time they played was over 50 years ago when uh, Detroit Mercy beat them 76-68. So, hey, they have played them. Now, they are a Ken Palm rating, I believe, in the 300s. Um, but don't sleep on Horizon League teams because in the past, BC has had issues with them. They played Ui Pui. I want to say that's how you say it. Ui Pui, uh, who beat them in 2018-2019. And this is this is going to be a good game for them because we don't know if DeMar Langford is going to play. We don't know if Quinton Post is going to play. You know, they're still both day-to-day. And I don't blame Earl Grant if he decides to sit both of them because when you what you saw against Cornell, Cornell's a better team. They were able to hold their own. They're going to probably continue to improve. You hold those guys out and, and get them the rest they need so that they are better when they play against teams they need it against. BC has a deep enough bench when you can get out, you know, guys like uh, De Devin McLaughlin and CJ Penna and, D you know, D DJ Hand. You got a, a bunch of guys out there that you could throw out there and not have to rush back Langford and Quinton Post because you need Quinton Post and Damar Langford when the going gets tough. So you don't want to rush them back. And this is this is a, this is a luxury when you build depth like post. Uh, sorry, yeah, like Earl Grant has. Earl Grant has has something BC hasn't had in a long time, which is a bench. And I think that's going to be really helpful in this game. So when you're looking ahead, you're, you're looking at uh, you know some games probably a couple of weeks from now. I, I I think you know you you gauge at practice where these guys are at. You gauge if they're ready. And then if they're not, you sit them and that's okay. All right. So Detroit Mercy, they're one and zero already this season. Just, just as a heads up, um, BC's next game after Detroit Mercy is on the 14th. That's on Monday against Maine. It's a 6 PM start. I love these early starts. I'm a, again, a guy who has kids at home. I love it when it gets early. Um, it'll be interesting to see now on against Cornell, the student section was nuts. Uh, shout out to all the students that went to that game because it, it felt different than it has in years in Conti form because the students were crazy. Now this is a one o'clock start on Friday. You know, many students don't have Friday classes. Shout out to anyone who got out of that. Uh, that uh, when I was there, it was like, that was like my, my gold standard, like get the hell out of school. So I don't have a Friday afternoon class. So hopefully there'll be kids there. I'm, a, I'm expecting otherwise though, 
it might be a, a quieter day in Conti Forum just from the regular crowd because it's an afternoon game and not every worker gets off Veterans Day. Some folks that, you know, either work in, in businesses or schools or whatever that don't have to work on those days get that, but a lot don't. So it could be a quieter day. So hopefully Conti Forum has a little buzz to it because as we saw with Prince Oligby, you know, he's a guy that loves that energy. And I think that's going to be a big thing for them moving forward. I think BC is going to win this game. I think it's going to be a nice uh, way to start the season off 2-0, and get that rhythm going, and get things moving. Um, now, on Monday's show, we'll be joined again by Mitch, and Mitch will talk to us about the NC State game. We'll talk about Detroit Mercy, um, and we'll talk about everything in between. I think BC women's basketball is absolutely getting absolutely crushed right now by Harvard, so that's not good. We'll see what happened with with basketball and anything else, uh, any other news that popped up over the weekend. We'll get it all, and you're gonna get you're gonna know all of it if you subscribe to our YouTube channel. So make sure you do that. Th- this is AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC or at Locked On BC. Uh, thank you all who have made Locked On BC part of your daily uh, first listen. And if you have if you have recommended us to a family or friend, thank you as well. We really appreciate it and. You know, we're on two years now as a podcast. I've done almost 500 episodes of this. I enjoy every single one of them because you, the listeners, make this so enjoyable. For Mitch Wolf, this is AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you again soon. Take care.